Hello and welcome to According to John. Today on the Days of Noah with Martin DeHaan, we're going to be covering episode 21. And the title is The Last Straw. Let's get to it. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Luke 17, 26. There were many causes which combined to bring on the flood of Noah. But the immediate occasion was the unholy union of demon spirits with the daughters of men, resulting in a race of giants. Monstrosities, which were half demon and half human. This is the most logical explanation of the record. There were giants in the earth in those days when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men. Genesis 6, 4. This final climax of an age of sex abuse was the last straw in the long-suffering patience of God and resulted in God's pronouncement, My spirit shall not always strive with man. Genesis 6, 3. We come now to the very heart of this attempt of Satan to corrupt humanity. What was behind this bold attempt of the enemy to defile the race of Adam's children? Was it an attempt to defeat God's purpose and program in providing a redeemer for mankind? The declaration of war spoken by God to Satan in Genesis 3.15 contained the promise of a coming Savior called the seed of the woman, and this seed was to ultimately defeat the devil. There is no doubt that Satan realized that if he was to prevent his own destruction, he must prevent the coming of this seed of the woman. He will therefore direct his attack upon womanhood. He will seek to prevent the birth of the Savior. He will corrupt the whole human race by the birth of the children who are not only the seed of the woman, but also the seed of the serpent. If he can produce a race of beings by this illicit cohabitation of the sons of God with the daughters of men, he will make impossible the birth of the Redeemer, which was to be a union of deity and humanity. If all the human race can be corrupted by this supernatural race of giants, then the Savior cannot be a human, divine Redeemer, for the mother of the seed herself will be the seed of the serpent. Only one exception, that the complete corruption of all humanity by this filthy scheme was Satan's dream is evident from the record. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Genesis six eleven and 12. It seems that this deterioration of humanity had gone so far that immediate action was necessary to prevent its total corruption. It seems there was only one family which was yet unaffected by Satan's program, and this one family was that of Noah. After the dramatic description of the unspeakable corruption, filth, and degradation as a result of this demon activity, we come to a significant but. After the statement, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Genesis 6-7 The next verse reads, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis 6-8 Noah seems to have been the only exception in the sordid record of satanic corruption. Concerning him we read, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Genesis 6-9 Noah was perfect unspoiled, uncorrupted in his generation. It does not mean that Noah was sinlessly perfect in his walk or conduct. It does not say he was faultless and completely sanctified in practice, but it says he was perfect in his generations. He was not corrupted by the demon generation. 
His conception and his birth was unaffected by the general evil of demons and their supernatural corrupting of the stream of humanity. Noah alone was perfect in his origin genetically, and so before the whole human race should be corrupted, making the coming of a pure seed of a woman impossible, God destroyed the whole of humanity and spared only Noah and his family. This was God's way of preventing the defeat of his plan. The entire race of demon-defiled giants was destroyed, and God made a new beginning upon a cleansed and renewed earth to prevent these superlative, wicked, and filthy demons from again attempting to corrupt humanity. The Lord shut them up in the pit. This is Jude's word concerning the angels, which kept not their first estate. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Jude 6. Now we anticipate what many will ask. Why place such emphasis on this record in Genesis? What difference does it make whether we accept one interpretation or the other? Why spend so much time in establishing the fact that these sons of God were really fallen angels? We feel that the following reasons fully justify the emphasis we place upon the interpretation. First, it is always important to seek the proper interpretation of any scripture. If we are to make the right application to our own lives, we must first have the correct interpretation. Second, Jesus himself said, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. If we therefore would know the signs of the times, we must understand what Jesus referred to as the days of Noah. However, we must guard against being so occupied with the correct interpretation of all the details that we fail to make the personal application. We can lose ourselves in a maze of discussion to establish the doctrine and miss the most important lesson it was meant to convey. So whether you agree with us or not to the identity of these sons of God, we can agree in its application to our own day. So forgetting any difference of opinion, we would end the discussion by pointing out its lesson for us. Can we see in the conditions of today any resemblance of the days of Noah and of Lot? It was the terrible sin of the mixed marriages of Noah's day which occasioned the flood. There were many causes which led up to the flood, but God was patient with all this and his long-suffering waited in the days of Noah. However, when this terrible, intolerable sin threatened the whole human race, God would wait no longer, but stepped in and put an end to the corruption. So it is today. We cannot fail to see the very condition taking place today and increasing at ominous speed. The days of Noah as the days of Lot were days of sex abuse. This stands out above all the evils of that day. It was the debauchery of womanhood, the disregard of the sanctity of the home, and violation of the strict prohibition of God concerning the unequal yoke and mixed marriages. This generation has reached an all-time high, approaching the days of Noah and Lot, in the increase of sex crimes, divorce, broken homes, and juvenile delinquency. The truth of separation from the world is almost unknown even among professing believers. The divorce rate has reached the ratio of one divorce for less than three marriages. Sex crimes and immorality are sweeping over our communities like a veritable flood. Surely, one must be spiritually blind and totally ignorant of the teaching of the Word of God to fail to recognize in all this the repeating of the days of Noah and Lot. This is the age of sex. In our papers and magazines, over radio and television, sex holds the spotlight. As in the days of Noah, men were without excuse, so it is today. The days before the flood were days of powerful preaching. The Bible records the first preacher in history as Enoch, a preacher of coming judgment, Jude 14 and 15, 
And the second is Noah, a preacher of righteousness, 2 Peter 2.5. Evidently, Enoch preached for some 300 years after his son Methuselah was born. How long Noah preached, we're not told, but it is reasonable to assume that he witnessed for at least 120 years while the long-suffering of God waited. Then it came, and as it was, so shall it be. Today, men have a greater opportunity of hearing the gospel than in any other age of human history. Never before has so much gospel literature been published, nor have such modern facilities of distribution been available. Along with this, the increase in literacy makes it possible for a much greater number to receive the message. In addition, we have the greatest and most powerful medium in the proclamation of the gospel, and that is radio. Today, the gospel story, through scores and scores of programs over thousands of radio stations, is being sent into every nook and corner of the world. This was foretold as being the final sign of the end of the age. Then shall the end come. Jesus said in response to the disciples' question concerning the sign of his coming and the end of the age, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthew twenty four fourteen. Significant words, these, and then shall the end come. We ask the question, when? When shall the end come? And the answer is, when this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Yes, then shall the end come. We have reached that period in history. It is now possible to send the message to every square foot of this earth's surface by means of radio. Not everyone is hearing it as yet, but all could hear it wherever they are, if they would only listen. If people could understand and would hear, there is no part of this world where the gospel is not heard or published in avenues by the score, of which the radio Bible class is only one among many. Someone will immediately remind us that this will not be fully realized until in the tribulation period, and that the end refers to the second coming of Christ in glory after the tribulation. But this only adds emphasis to the words of Jesus. If this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world before the second coming of Christ at the end of the tribulation, it only brings the rapture of the church so much closer. Since the translation of the church occurs before the day of the Lord, and we already have the potential means of circling the globe with the gospel, one can only surmise how very imminent the return of Christ for his church must be. Jesus himself said, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh, Luke twenty one twenty eight. Even if this redemption refers to the second coming of Christ to deliver Israel, and they are admonished to look up, then how much more significant is this admonition to the church which shall be caught away at least seven years before, and these things are even now beginning to come to pass? The vital question, the most imminent event, therefore, is the appearance of Jesus from heaven to shout from the air when the dead in Christ will be raised, living believers transformed, and together we shall be caught up like Enoch before the flood of God's wrath breaks upon a scoffing, unbelieving world. The one vital question then is, are you ready to meet the Lord as your Savior when he comes? Or will you have to meet him as your judge to hear him say, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, Matthew twenty five forty one. It need not be thus, for God's long-suffering is still waiting, and you can still turn to God and be saved by trusting and receiving the Lord Jesus and believing the promise. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
He that hears my words and believes on them that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John 5, 24. Then you need not be disturbed by the confused conditions in the world, but with God's children, look up and lift up your heads in the anticipation of his soon return to hear him say, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew 25, 34. You can decide today. Hey guys, I hope that this has helped you, taught you something new, got you thinking. Today we use podcasting and TV, radio, uh, have the internet. There are so many ways for the word of God, for the gospel to get all around the world that there truly is not one nook or cranny that should not at least have the ability to hear. Guys, if this has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.